0: This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Call
1: 345 6060 Tweet
0: at LBC. Text 84850. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC
1: sort of mystery 49 minutes but don't worry i promise you it will be strong and stable if you've got a question that needs an answer you know what to do if you have no idea what this part of the program does then just sit back and enjoy it i go seriously we've already lost 10 minutes of it so I, i'm not going to inflict the usual explanation upon you it is it is it is a lot of fun i usually make a guarantee that you'll be laughing out loud at least once between now and close of play but given that we've lost 10 minutes i, I don't do you think that'll be electorally significant teresa may's Clearly cynical and deliberate decision to smash through the mystery hour opening, and deprive us 10 minutes together. I don't know. We'll find out come polling day. Let's go to Israel first. Joe's there. Question or answer, Joe?
0: Question. Carry on. What causes the change of accents? In other words, does it does uh, the change of accents have anything to do with global positioning? As you travel, as you, as you, as you travel west, for example. The accent seems to become more and more American-like. There are certain Irish accents that sound extremely American as you travel north. As are certain uh, certain pronunciations that become extremely prevalent. Hang on, I, I uh, d-
1: don't, don't. Let's not bite off more than we can chew because I, I mean to uh, make okay. to make it international. Same point. Well, yeah, I, I prefer to confine it to a country because everybody's speaking the same language. Otherwise, it's hard to pin down an accent. The way uh, people speaking English in other countries is going to have an awful lot to do with how they were taught. It's not going to have anything to do with geographical positioning. A lot of Scandinavians speak English yeah, within... But, um, an American yes, I'm accent.
0: Just saying, as you take the English accent, it yeah. to systematically change yeah. as, you, as you travel westwards towards an American accent. Oh, you mean as you is, travel westwards across England? You reach an island. There are certain Irish accents that sound, that sound extremely American. OK, I, I, I'm a
1: little it, confused by no, elements of the question, so I'll, I'll, I'll reframe it in my own image and just ask what causes accents. Why do people living... As, as little as five miles apart, speaking such demonstrably different ways. I love that question. I know it's not quite the one you're asking, but I'll, I'll, I'll try and factor in as much as possible. I don't know that anyone's come up with a definitive answer to that. There's a theory that the American accent is the sort of uh, uh, English-Irish accent from the period of the Mayflower, but I don't know how anyone would go about proving that. I'm more capable or more confident that we'll be able to get an answer to a question that involves why people living just a few miles apart can be speaking in such distinctly different ways, the same language. What causes that? 03456060973. It's 12.12. Mark is in Walthamstow. Mark, question or answer? Mark.
2: Hello, James. Good afternoon, what, sir. What are you doing? I was talking to somebody, sorry. You're on
1: hold. I've got eight, How many saying? listeners have I got now? Oh, 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 eight hundred and something thousands. You can't just faff about like that when you get live Hello, on the...
3: James,
1: all I'll right. be quick, I'll
4: I, be quick. All right, then. OK. Yeah. This relationship with um, feelings and colours, like I'm feeling blue, I'm green with envy, I'm red with rage, yellow is a sign of madness. How did that all come about?
1: Five minutes. Yeah. I just probably before we could all read and write. It was used as a sort of, sort of, sort of pictogram-type way of conveying emotion, but I don't know. Colours and feelings, that's a nice question, that. Good. What, what colour are you feeling today, Mark? Purple. Pardon? Purple. Well, good luck to you. It's 12.13.03.4.5.6.0.6.0.9.7.3 is the number you need if you can answer that question or indeed the question from Israel about accents. And I need answers if you can uh, um, uh, answer any of the things that have already happened or any of the things that happen in the coming moments. Then you go to the front of the queue. Greg is in Kent. Greg, question or answer? It's a question, please, James. Carry on, Greg.
0: How thick does normal window glass have to get before you can't see through it?
1: Oh, come on, mate. I mean... See through have all. A to- we've, all got,
0: we've all got like coffee tables made of glass where we've tried to look through the edge, but they, maybe, maybe the thickness is just bouncing the light around too
1: much. Gosh, it's all, it's really all really it's fun and games at yours, right? Of an evening. Isn't <laughs> it? What do you mean you've <laughs> all got coffee tables that you've tried to look through? Just- <laughs> <laughs> so, you clearly, so you mean clearly? So it'll let light through, but, but there yeah. must be a point at which you won't be able to see completely clearly. So if it was really, really yeah. clean, you wouldn't know it was there?
2: Yeah. Like, you know, if it was like a thick block. Pardon? If it was like a thick
0: block of glass. A
1: thick block. I thought it it you had a thick flock. I thought, what's she talking about? <laughs> a thick flock. A thick block. How thick would glass have to be before before you can't? Why do you want to know?
0: I'm just just intrigued. Just. What? It, out, isn't it? So that's
1: what it's for. That's a weird one, though, isn't it? Is it? Is it? I don't know. I thought it? it might be. It probably is. All right, we'll find out for you. I I don't know that there'll be a number, will there? Will there be a measurement? You can say, like, 17 millimetres, or... or I don't know. We'll find out for Greg. Seriously, otherwise he's going to do himself an injury trying to peer through his coffee table every night. It's coming up to quarter past 12. Accents. Why? Colours and feelings. Eh? Glass. How thick does it have to be before you can see through it? It's
0: 12.15. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on
1: LBC. It's 19 minutes after 12. You are listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Two hours of uh, sort of preempting Theresa May's manifesto launch earlier in the programme. No doubt we'll be returning to that on LBC in the course of the afternoon. But um, all of the major announcements were both predicted and, and and preempted. I have some questions on the board already. This hour, uh, accents. Why do people who live just a few miles apart learn to speak the same language in such distinctly different ways? What's the relationship between colours and feelings? Why, why do we talk about being red with rage or green with envy? It may be that there's a different answer for every colour and feeling relationship. I don't know. And how thick does glass have to be um, before it is impenetrable to the human eye, before you can't, you can't see, um, see through it? I, there'd be a limit to the opacity, is the way that one Twitter correspondent put it. That's a, that's a, that's a lovely way of phrasing it. I think you're right. Uh, let's go to Angela, who's in Peterborough. Angela, question or answer?
3: Hello. Hello uh question Why are all the planets completely the same shape or globes type I, completely I, round
1: yes I, well, they're not completely round they, they can be a little bit ovoid and a bit wonky they're, they they're not like yes. perfect circles, but they're mostly round.
3: Yes, and I wonder.
1: Well, actually, my husband used to wonder why, and he's died now, so I thought I'd ask his question for him. Oh, I... Mean, <laughs> well, blimey, that's, that's, a, it's first. A, blessing, that's yeah. a first. Actually, that's the first time we've had a question from beyond the grave.
3: Yeah, you see,
1: <laughs> you never know what's going to happen, do you? But I was going to have a go at answering it, but now, <laughs> now you've given it such weight and importance, I feel a little bit inadequate to have a well, bit I, of... I,
3: I wonder if he already knows now, you see. Well, but he... have all the answers <laughs> to
1: everything now. She would hope he so. He's sort of plugged into some sort of omniscient power. He could be chuckling away at us now down oh, here still. I'm always
3: grumbling, so he must hear me. I'm always moaning
1: something. Oh, <laughs> well, bless you. Um, I, I, I think it's like uh, if you put bricks in your washing machine.
3: Yes. Hmm. Not a good
1: idea. No, don't do that. Obviously, but if you put Britain, it's because over millions of years, they've they've bumped into so much stuff that they've ended up getting rounded off. (laughs) Yeah, I think that was the justifiable response. You know, when I started talking, Angela, I thought I had an answer in my reach. Then, (laughs) yeah, all right, mate. Oh, stop hey, it! it I don't oh, mind. I don't mind being a figure of fun, but I, I don't. I don't think I deserve to be ridiculed in this fashion, madam. Oh,
3: bless you, bless you. I'm so sorry. That's I'm
1: quite. You used g- to be l- rid- ridiculed, are you? I'd well, be surprised, but I, I, you know.
3: I missed out yesterday with a chubby boy having a, a big cane with a r- red ribbon round. And he used to do press ups as a punishment, and if he won't go red in the face, and if anybody, if the teacher saw it, stop, he'd whack him across the backside with a stick. Good grief! Look, also, and I'm seventy-two, so you know you can imagine it doesn't happen now, does it? No,
1: it doesn't. You don't, you're not allowed to whack tubby boys with sticks anymore. And frankly, you know, I think that might be the root of all the country's problems, Angela. So
3: that's my answer, is it? They bump together? No,
1: I'm going to put it on the board and get you something better. That You deserve better than that. And so so does your late husband, honestly. I can't, I can't get my first ever question from beyond the grave and then fob you off with some sort of made-up nonsense off the back of my... top of my head, can I? When did they stop
3: bumping together,
1: then? You, know, that's, you see, there you go. I didn't realise you were an astronomer.
3: Yeah, that's it. All right.
1: Okay. Bye bye, Angela. Call me again, please. Uh, why are all the planets round? Come on, Jake's in finally. Jake, question or answer? Question, please. Carry on.
0: Uh, why is a piggyback actually called a piggyback? Because I've never sort of,
1: <laughs> of thought pigs carrying
4: anything,
1: really. Piggyback. Yeah, piggyback. Okay. Okay. We're only allowed one origins of phrase a week, but that's quite a nice one. I thought I thought because I haven't got my glasses on. I thought you were going to say piggy bank, and I know the answer to that one. But oh, pig- no, no. They're all right. Piggyback, the origin of piggyback. Yeah. We call it leapfrog when we do the game. Piggyback. Is it because you used to carry pigs to market?
4: On your back? On your
1: back? Yeah, of course you would. How else are you going to carry a pig? I don't
4: know.
1: Surely you can't carry
4: an entire pig. Yeah, you can. A
1: full-size one? Yeah, not the younger generation, but, you know, obviously the, the pig is dead, and you've got to get it to market. How are you going to get it to market if you haven't got a cart?
0: Mm, I mean, y- well,
1: yeah. If you're going to carry a dead pig, seriously, just imagine a dead pig now. You've yeah. got to get it. You're in Feiler. You've got to get it all the way to Scarborough for market. All
0: right, all right.
1: Yeah. Are you, what are you going to do? How are you going to Are you going to hoist it?
0: I'd carry well, thought I'd carry it on the front or drag it. or yeah, No, you
1: wouldn't. But you'd get it on your back and hold it by the little trotters, wouldn't you? Up on your shoulders it would be great. It'd be sitting well, like be, a scarf. Yeah, no, uh, no, yeah, kind of like a scarf, but not wrapped. So you've got a trotter over each shoulder, and then the, and the pig's head just behind your head, and the rest of it. Or actually, no, you might have its backside behind your head because then you'd have more sort of room to manoeuvre. Oh,
5: yeah, I thought that was a good question. But... It is a
1: good question. It's an even better answer. This is win-win. Everyone, everyone's, everyone's deli- I I can't really. Go definitive on that? Can I? Uh, I, don't,
0: no, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't know.
1: I don't uh, think I can. Have you found me before?
0: Yes, I have. So, yeah, with the uh, penguins having knees.
1: Uh, so I've told you about my uncle John's cottage in Filey, haven't I? No, I don't
0: think so. Yeah,
1: my uncle John used to have a cottage in Feely. Oh. It's not the best anecdote I've ever shared on the radio, <laughs> is it? It's a lovely place to have a cottage. It is a lovely place. It was so long time ago where you had to put coins in the meter. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> I shall get you an answer. The origin of the phrase piggyback. I think I might have done it, but, but, but obviously, I, I kind of thinking on your feet doesn't often go definitive. Why are planets round? Accents. Um, why do people who've uh, grown up just a few miles apart learn the same language in such distinctly different ways? And there's a few more on the board as well. Um, I'm short on answers, guys. You come on, get, 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 get your skates on. Uh, Emma is in Hammersmith. Emma, question or answer?
3: Um, well, I can actually no, no, answer two.
1: No, 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 no. You can only do what you've told the producer you're going to do. Otherwise, otherwise, the whole the whole thing falls apart at the seams. Um, is jelly set?
3: Jelly? Is it a liquid What's happened? Or... Hello. Hello. Yes.
1: Your phone went funny. Sorry, can
3: That's... you hear me now? Uh, yes. Um, is jelly a liquid or a solid? And what is? Or,
1: like, you know, toothpaste and
3: stuff. Solid.
1: Solid. Yeah. But it's not. Well, it's a paste. It wobbles. It's a pa- yeah, but it's not. You can't pour it. That's the test. If you can pour it, it's a liquid. You can't pour toothpaste.
3: Okay, so what about... Um, Hang
1: on a minute. What is this? 20 questions. Airplane, stick it in that? a jug.
3: Stick it to in a
1: jug. Pour it <laughs> and then see if it comes out.
3: Or at what point? Hmm.
1: That's it. That's the answer.
3: So if you took jelly on an aeroplane, they wouldn't um,
1: question it? But No, that, that's not the point. You asked what, whether or not toothpaste and jelly are liquids or solids, and I told you that they're solid. They're not liquids. They're not, but when you go on an aeroplane... No, 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 questions. no, You're only allowed one question. Oh,
3: yeah, no, but I'm just pointing no, 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 out... No, 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 no. say on an aeroplane... Do you have any liquids? And they, they take out all your toothpaste. So that's and
1: got leave. more to do with sealable containers than anything else. And, and you know the definition yeah. of a liquid for the purposes of security clearances at, at airports may be different from the semantic definition of yes. a liquid, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. something that can be poured.
3: Um, is that scientifically definite?
1: Ye- well, let's find out.
3: Okay.
1: Oh, yeah, it must be. It must be. The applause kicked in. I think you pressed that. Don't be ridiculous.
3: Okay, well, unless anyone else rings in, I'm, I'm
1: not entirely convinced. Well, a story of my life. Leaving, leaving callers unsatisfied. Twenty-seven minutes after twelve is the time. Andy is in Bourneville. Andy, question or answer?
5: Good morning, James. It's an answer for you. Carry on, Andy. I know why planets are spherical. You've got a problem.
1: You need <laughs> a brummy. Call a brummy and you'll get your answer. Why are planets <laughs> spherical, Andrew?
5: They're spherical. It's all down to gravity, James. Uh, When um, a a large amount of mass comes together, it collapses in on its own gravity. Now, imagine uh, you're building a pile of sand. Yes. Uh, That pile of sand will stand on its own only up to a certain point. as, As you put more sand on, it will eventually collapse and flatten itself out. Yes. And it's a similar effect when... Massive amounts of matter come together and gravity pulls in everything at the same rate, and it's inevitable that it becomes spherical. And it's the same with stars, not just planets. So you could have an asteroid that's a bit of a, an odd shape because there's not enough matter to um, create enough gravity to pull everything in at the same rate. But once something gets to a certain size, Gravity takes over and pulls in all the, uh, all the matter down to the atomic level in at the same rate, and it becomes spherical. So there is a threshold of, of so how something has to be before it uh, collapses in on itself and becomes round. Uh, sorry, spherical. <laughs> Love it. No, qualifications, Andy? Uh, I used to be the head of the Astronomical Society at my grammar school. Ooh,
1: nice play. Was that King Edwards? No,
5: Bishop VZ in uh, Sutton Coldfield.
1: OK. Um, I like that. I'm gonna, I've got Professor Hall on the other line.
5: Yeah, might... I'd, be interest... I'd be interested to hear if he agrees with well, me. Well, I'm
1: going to get him to cast a rule over your answer, so don't go away, Andy, because <laughs> the applause is yours, potentially. OK. <laughs> Professor Howell, the Professor of the Public Understanding of Science at the University of Brighton and martial artist. How did he do?
4: Uh, hello, James. Hello, um, He had me until he started talking about Sandcastle, but nevertheless, I think the explanation was apposite and um, accurate. And um, the only thing I'd add is that most planets aren't perfectly round. No, I already so, said have... that. I know. I can add something to it. Yeah, all right. You're the professor. Well, you can be one too.
1: Well, yeah, I know, but I'm not. You gone fill your boots.
4: Okay. So um, the the spin causes the middle to bulge out more than the the um, the pole, as we discussed last week. I think toroidal was what the um toroidal, coidal, uh, coidal the the caller called it. So um, I like the uh, the whole expression about planets start with little bits of mass, and they start getting bigger and bigger, and as the gravity increases, everything gets pulled in equally from all directions.
1: Uh, so it would inevitably spheres. end up being circular.
4: Yeah, I mean, the, the whole Spheroid. thing about the spheres, they, um, it works the other way. All the sort of deep diving bells tend to be spherical, because that's the best shape to, um, to withstand all the pressure from all around the sides. So because it spreads, it, uh, it
1: dissipates all the pressure.
4: Yes, and it's entirely equal. So a square diving bell wouldn't work because you'd have areas of um, bigger and smaller stress, which I understand we're digressing a bit.
1: But... No, I, I love it. So I give Andy the applause, yeah? Yes, thank you, you sir. Thank you. Andy, this is for you. <laughs> is um is Bourneville still pub free?
5: Yes, it is. Oh, but, but by a strange irony, the only place you can buy a, a pint of beer within the Bourneville boundary is the Cadbury Social Club. Oh,
1: I <laughs> <laughs> love little yeah, n- nuggets of information yeah. like that. It's because of the Quaker, yeah. Quaker heritage of the area and the chocolate makers. That's
5: right. Apart from that, it's a walk to Selly O'Call's Dirtley. <laughs> and a stagger home.
1: Andy, thank you very much. It's half past twelve. So Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. 12.34 is the time. There's one phone I'm free. Don't Go on, quickly, grab it. Questions that need answers include accents. How thick does glass have to be before you can't see through it? Why do we associate colours with feelings? We've done why the planet's round. What was the name of that lovely lady? Do you remember? We did the question for her late husband. I hope she's happy with that answer. She got double bubble. She got a professor of the public understanding at the University of Science and Andy from Bourneville as well. That's the sort of service you get on Mystery Act. What's the origin of the phrase piggyback? There's some dispute over whether or not my description was correct. that was, was Angela, yes. I hope you're happy with that one, Angela. And, um, jelly and toothpaste, are they liquids or solids? Some of you are suggesting I may have got that one wrong. <laughs> Heaven forfend. Glenn is in Basildon. Question or answer, Glenn? Uh, I was going to have a stab at the uh, accents
2: answer for you, James.
1: It doesn't fill me with confidence when people say they're going to have a stab Uh, at it. I
2: spoke to you before, I uh, I was learning to speak Old English a while back. Oh, okay, no. Go, go,
1: yeah. Fill your boots then, mate. Uh, Come on.
2: Okay, mate. So if we take the English language, mostly, for example. Um, think of it as a tree. Like the trunk of it is the base root, the English language. Yeah. And as the tree expands and goes up, all the branches start developing the different dialects. Now, this is generally down to isolation. People that develop in isolation start to pick up habits within their own little dialects of that language, slang terms, things like that. Yeah. That can start to affect the language. As you were saying, it's learned behaviour. You learn to speak by who teaches you. Also, um, I- as- environmental factors? Quite possibly, James, also foreign influence as well. Imagine yeah. some of the branches of the tree, for example, the English tree touches branches with a French tree next door. We start to pick up French words, adopt those into our dialect. They also start to influence our language aspect. Hence, uh, you know, these days, uh, a lot of people sort of, um, in London, they start to pick up bits of patchwork into their dialect themselves.
1: That, and so it's, it's fallen the into the them. accent, it's sort of a, a, a into linguistic integration, English, you could language. call it. Exactly. And I bet there's a link between Liverpudlian accents, Scouse accents, and Irish accents as well. Oh, I bet. Most
2: definitely, a lot, a lot of Irish immigration. And the main reason most English speakers understand each other today, because we haven't developed in isolation, is because we're saturated with American media. That's why we can understand most American accents.
1: And accents are disappearing because of, of, of the Americanisation of, 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 of every corner of the country.
2: And it's just the way of things, mate. I mean, I don't sound like my parents did. My parents didn't sound like their parents. You know, you pick things up. The accent. We don't sound nothing like Shakespeare did. Put it that way. What so,
1: did he sound? He, he sort of sounded like that, did he?
2: It was a bit more. Yeah, that, that's kind of seen as a more sort of demotic English accent. That mm. the, the, the sort of more West Country or, or sort of Anglo-Saxon. But obviously, the further north you go, the more influence they've got from the D- uh, Daneland and, and Denmark and all that. And so.
1: the Saxon. Sa- how um how is your old English coming along?
2: It's gone on the back burner for just over a year, I think. Now. Why no, I've, I've gone through a messy divorce. Uh, oh, I'm so. sorry to hear that. No, he's almost done that. I got my decree nisi this yesterday. So I'm well chuffed.
1: Oh, well done. Uh, well done. Yeah, it's a Ferrari done. always says it's like it's like going yeah. through some awful experience, but you need well, to know I, it will I, come I, to an I, end.
2: I nearly called you yesterday on your one about domestic violence, so, oh, I did Oh, dear. In no, well, but, uh, no, this, no. Is, this is a
1: much happier exchange. So you can get back on the old English horse now, now that you've got your not life yet, back.
2: Not yet. No, no, no. I'm, I'm hoping to qualify as a personal trainer next month or so. so. Oh, all right. Uh, Crikey,
1: it's all going on for you, Glenn.
2: Well, there we go, mate. There we go. All
1: right, here you go. Here's the here's the cherry on the icing on the cake.
2: That's seems good, mate.
1: How about that? Mind, well, there you go. Top man. Tom's in Sandhurst. Tom, question or answer?
2: Uh, I've
6: got a
7: question.
1: Carry on. Um,
2: you know when you snap a piece of spaghetti in half, why does it break into three pieces and not two, or like splinter like a pencil does?
1: Well, hang on. We, we, what's the question? The first bit or the second bit?
2: Well, the first bit. Why does it break into three clean pieces? Because it's, it's
1: so long. It doesn't always. It's because it's so long. So when you bend it at the two ends, the pressure is, is 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 differently. If you've got, if you snap it in half and then snap it in half again, it will go into two pieces. It only sometimes breaks into three pieces because you because it's so long.
2: No, see, I'm not convinced. If you snap it in well, half and snap it in half again, it still breaks into three
1: pieces. Me, it doesn't. I did it last did night. Last night. Yeah.
2: Oh yes, experiment. No, I made spaghetti. <laughs> It breaks into three.
1: Well, actually, I break them in a massive clump. Really? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't.
2: No, no do you? No. Yeah, just one individual. It carries on. I don't ready. trust you,
1: Tom. I don't trust you, Tom.
2: I, I, I saw it in a documentary, tried it myself. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's a Richard, Richard Feynman documentary as well. You know, the, the science guy.
1: Hang on. Actually, you got any spaghetti, mate? No, we're all, we're all out of spaghetti. So, uh, well, if you've seen a flipping documentary about it, why don't you watch it to the end and get the answer? They never
2: answer. That's, that's my point. They never they never found an answer. You
1: get a piece of spaghetti, with the bit about the pencils just stupid. So we'll ignore that. But you get a long pit of spaghetti, a piece of spaghetti, and you snap and you bend both. You, you hold it at each end and you bend it, and it breaks into three pieces. It'd be yeah. it'd be about the tensile strength of the spaghetti. That'll be the answer. But that's not an answer. Well, it is. I mean, pedantically, an it's an answer. So it might not be right or even remotely relevant to the question. But if yeah. I, I think the answer is. Hang on. Wait there. Ian's in Redhill. Ian, what's what, what have we got?
8: <laughs> spaghetti for lunch. You wouldn't believe it. No way. Yes, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I've got the spaghetti in front of me, and I thought, ooh, does it?
1: Have you cooked the first it? One yeah. Went
6: into four. No, no, because it wouldn't break them.
1: Would no, you? I know. I, I thought, uh, thought I was being funny. Yeah.
6: The first one I did. Yeah went straight into four. Really? And then I and then I picked up one of the bit of s- small bits. One of the bits yeah. and it went into two. Yeah. So, sorry. Sorry pal. I yeah. can do it, I mean this is not very good radio but I can right. do it live. I'll, I'll, I'll be the ju- go
1: I'll go be on. the judge of that mate. Go on.
6: <laughs> <laughs> what do you want
1: me to do? Do me a big one
6: <laughs> Right, okay. So I'm I've got I'm holding it at either end, yeah. equal pressure, thumb yeah. and forefinger. Yeah.
2: I'm bending that's straight in half. <laughs> Tom mate, <laughs> you're just oh. having a laugh well, I I stand corrected. I've done live
1: spaghetti snapping on the radio.
2: <laughs> Cutting edge.
1: It is. And if it did break into more than two pieces, the answer would be tensile strength. Who gets the round of applause? I'm going to give Tom, mate. I'm giving Tom, a, I'm giving Ian a round of applause for blowing your question out of the water.
6: <laughs> yes, yeah.
1: Ian. Carry on, Ian.
7: <clears>
1: hang <throat> on, don't go yet. What sort of sauce are you having? Uh,
8: just some sort of tomatoey sauce I'm going
1: to make. Yeah. Well, you What, from
8: scratch? <laughs> Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah.
6: Basil, got yeah, a bit of basil? Uh, I
1: have basil, yeah. Basil's here yeah, just there. Basil, a bit of tomato. You want tin, 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 tin tomato? No, no,
8: no, fresh tomato. Really? Fresh tomato. Really? Yeah, nice. Good, you. flying yeah. hey.
1: me. Oh, I'm hungry yeah, now. Twenty to one is the time. Great work, Ian. Um, we've got our second professor on the line, Professor Martin, Professor of Robotics at the University of Middlesex. Question or
9: answer, Professor Martin? I have an answer for you.
1: Carry on, sir. Um, and
9: it's Martin
1: Smith, also martial artist. Are oh, you? Oh, really? Yes. So, Professor Howe and Professor Smith are both martial artists. Well, I feel a Harry Hill moment coming on. There's only <laughs> there's only one way to settle this. How long have you been practicing martial arts?
9: Since 1980.
1: I, I would actually quite like to see you and Howe have a fight, but I'm I'm a bit weird. Anyway, what what which one are you going to answer today?
9: It's the glass. How thick uh, could a glass block be? Yes. Hundreds of miles. Really? Yeah. Uh, if you uh, just think of fibre-optic transmission cable that sends light down very, very, very long cables. Hundreds but, but of miles
1: Yeah, uh, this isn't about letting light through. This is about being able to see clearly through.
9: Well, uh, when you see things, you're using light.
1: No, I know, but you can... I, I mean, I, I can describe an opaque thing to you. Light, Light goes through it, and I can't see through it. So at some point, light would still go through glass, but I wouldn't be able to see clearly through it. Uh... I'm not letting you have this one. No, I, I, there is a point. To... I, can get a th- I can get some glass and just incrementally increase the thickness of it until I can't see clearly through it anymore. I want to know where that point is. You're getting light through it. Yes, but I don't care about the light. I want to be able to see through it
9: clearly. That was the question. Mm, um, I think you... Uh, at what point, you see, at the limit, you're not seeing clearly. So at the limit, your, your, your image is getting darker and darker.
1: Yeah, so when it becomes... When well, the, f- the first the incremental dark...
9: anymore, that's hundreds of miles thick.
1: Yeah, but that's not what he asked. He wants to know when you can't see through it clearly. So at the moment, I look through the glass window on the studio. If it was really, really clean and the lights were set up in the same way, I wouldn't know it was there. How uh, do you define clearly? Well, it's I, wou- I just did. I just said I wouldn't know it was there.
9: All right, let's say... Uh, so well, how well, thick does
1: it have to be before there's no way of not knowing it wasn't there?
9: Instead of a hundred miles thick, you'd see it clearly at seventy five miles. No, you're just it. making up numbers. <laughs> well, that's what he's after. Supposed for, to a be a professor, yes, but he
1: wants a real number that's been measured and proved with with, you know, peer reviewed evidence. It
9: depends what you call clear.
1: Well, I've told you what I call clear. Clear is so clear that you could conceivably not know it was there, like when people walk into patio doors. Not well,
9: if it. You're to- yeah, well, if it's 100% clear, then it's going to be uh, uh, maybe a mile thick. Yeah,
1: you just, man, you've just gone 100 miles to a mile. There's no earthly way you're getting a round of applause. Michael's in Tunbridge Wells. Michael, what's going on? Uh, hello.
7: I'm ring ringing with an answer, but today I thought it'd be a question. So uh, okay. it's, about, it's about tennis scores. Yes. Why do they go up 15, 30... Um, sorry, fifteen thirty and 40 and not 15, 30 and 45? Why are they uneven? Any other scoring system would be even.
1: Mm. So what, it's cause it, cause they used it's to use a that? they used to use a clock face to keep score.
7: What's the diff- Why not, why not forty five then?
1: I don't know that that bit, but I am right.
7: But that doesn't explain why it's fifteen
1: thirty. 40, well, it it, 40, it 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 kind of does. So, so the gap has to be if you've got four points, 15-30-40 game. You need another one for juice. So that's probably why it doesn't go to forty five, yeah. and then and then you go uh, to victory. That's, that's, that's not good enough, really, is it? Well, let's find out. Yeah. Oh, turns out it is. Steve's in Romford. Steve, question or answer?
10: Oh, it's an answer, James. Low. Carry on, mate. What have you got? Uh, You were partly right when you mentioned uh, putting things on the shoulders. Shut the front door. Well, you were, but it's nothing to do with pigs. Oh. Um, This dates back a few centuries, and it started out as a phrase pick back. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, and what it meant was you just carried something on the back of the shoulders, and then later on, um, the word pick-pack just meant to jump on and have a ride on somebody's back or on the shoulders. But the word pig has got nothing to do with it. Wow. Qualifications? <laughs> I look, well i my father's dead now, but he passed that information on to me a few years ago it's quite,
1: i think quite a morbid mystery out i we had Angela and her late husband, and now your late dad passing on this info pick back
10: <laughs> <laughs> well that, that's the explanation
1: anyway no, i I think you're over the line but why why I, I, why pick what did it mean pick back
10: again just remind me well pick back it was it was to c- carry something on the back or the shoulders um and it's a medieval term yeah i think and then but but um, and it, it, it meant that the, a load or something to carry was pitched onto someone's shoulders or their back. Um, and, and then later on, the term pick-pack meant to carry something on somebody's shoulders, or you Pick could have with and it
1: became, and like with... But, but, but,
10: and then human error came in, I think, and then, of course, people started calling it piggyback. Like when we say now, um, he did it off his own back. Yeah. Not correct, he did it off his own bat, is the correct pronunciation. Oh yeah? Yeah. Round of
1: applause. I like that. Pickaxe. Would it a pickaxe? Would that have anything to do with it as well? Pickaxe. No, no about pickaxe. No, nor do I. Never mind. It's twelve forty six. Mystery hour with
0: James O'Brien on LBC.
1: Ten to one is the time. Mystery continues. continues. Squeezing a few more before Sheila Fogarty time. Uh, accents, we've done. Glass, I don't know that we've done it. I think the answer's more complicated than a mere number. Uh, piggyback, we've done. It's nice, this. Going well. Let's get a couple more questions. Sham is in Thornton-Cleveley. Where's that? Yes. I, uh, up in sunny Lancashire, Jane. Oh, lovely stuff. Question or answer, Sham?
6: Question, please. Go on. So I've been uh, on holiday to Cornwall a number of times, and uh, every time I go, I seem to come across a new village that begins with TR. Now, my question is, why are there so many villages and towns in Cornwall that begin with TR? Because it's an inordinate number. Every time I go, I kind of discover a new one.
1: Mm, Yeah.
6: So I'm getting a bit OCD about it, Jane. You know, uh, I, I see a programme on TV that, that might be set in Cornwall and I start thinking, hang on, that's the place where there's loads of towns that begin with PR. All right, Truro. Yeah, Truro, Trevelyn, Pagoni, uh, Truin, uh, the list just goes on and on. Trevilla, Trevilson,
1: Trevisky, Trevisco. What, um, I, well, it's probably something to do with the Cornish language, isn't it? I mean, I don't, the, the Cornish yeah. language word for dwelling or, or, or... I've got no idea. I don't know whether this is a good question or a rubbish one.
6: I've got no idea either, but it's been bugging me for a few years, this one. I tried Googling the answer. I couldn't Google it anywhere. I've asked Cornish people. No one in Cornwall could give me the answer. So hopefully someone can.
1: Is there another example of it? Can we think of another sort of area of this country where towns have a particular... They're likely, likely to begin with a particular collection of letters that doesn't hold true elsewhere in the country?
6: I think Cornwall is unique in this respect because I, I have looked at a few others and in terms of numbers, there's just nowhere that's got the same number of towns and villages that begin with
1: those like those two letters. I like it. Yeah, OK. I hope someone knows, although I, I'm not massively optimistic. I don't imagine you are either, but we've got a few minutes. If you do know the answer, why do so many Cornish towns begin with the letters TR? Call me now on 0345 6060973. Matt's in Woodwich, Matt, question or answer?
7: Hi, James. I've got a question for go, you. Go on. OK, so um, after work, occasionally, me and the guys uh, go and have a beer to celebrate a job well done, and occasionally we end up playing a game of darts.
1: <laughs> oh, excellent, yes, good darts.
7: Let's um, play after dark. one disappointing match, oh, I yeah. was uh, on the way home listening to one of your podcasts, and oh. someone asked a question yes. that got me thinking about the game. Yes. And um, I've got a question that I just can't find the answer to anywhere, and my question is, why is the dartboard separated into 20 segments? Who was it that came up with that?
1: you're just asking who invented darts.
7: Well, well I guess... Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the context.
1: Yeah.
7: Um, um, the question that I was listening to, someone phoned in and said that their daughter had asked um, about why we only go to 12 times tables. And um, I was kind of thinking... I mean, we're pretty good at our jobs, but, I mean, we're not yeah. natural mathematicians, so sometimes you've got four grown men yeah. we're playing, just standing around a dartboard trying to do the maths. Yeah. And um, I'm just wondering, would
1: it not have been easier to just go with 12? But what, well, it would be easier to hit a treble, wouldn't it?
7: Well, yeah. That's why I'm
1: bad. <laughs> It'd be nearly twice the size. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I get these are two good questions that are coming at the end, the dartboard one and the and the double-letter one, and, and they're either brilliant questions or rubbish ones, and only time will tell, Matt, only time will tell. Do you listen to the podcast a lot?
7: anyway. What? you fancy putting it on the board
1: for me anyway? Yeah, 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 it's up there, mate. It's, it's, it's on the board. Let's see, see if anyone can hit a bullseye. Hey! <laughs> 12.54 is the time. Mind how you go. Livio is in Maid of veil. Vale. Livio, question or answer?
8: It's an answer, James. Yes. Um It's to do with the glass question, and basically the professor was right. No, he wasn't. Uh, He was. He wasn't. He was. He wasn't. He
1: He said 100 miles, and then he said 75 miles, and then he said one mile, so he can't... Yeah.
8: Yeah. That that bit, yes, you're right. That bit he was making up. Yeah. The fact is, if the glass is optically pure, you can see through it for miles and miles and miles because it allows the light through. The thing is, it's your eyesight that can't go that far. So even if you had a thin pane of glass and it was three miles away, you can see through it, whether you can see what's being projected through it is something completely different, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but is optically pure possible?
8: Yes, that's what fibre optics are, but it's massively expensive.
1: Yeah, but but you you wouldn't be able to... Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah.
8: So so what we get with ordinary glass...
1: God, you're good.
8: ...is what we get with ordinary glass, There, there are imperfections in it, and the manufacturers make it... Just perfect enough so you can see through it for three or four mil.
1: Got ya, but okay. if you if you if you use the same molten glass and try to make something thicker, it would actually become opaque yeah, quite quickly. Because yeah. of all the, the imperfections through, and, and, and impurities. And
8: then, yeah. And and the fact is green light apparently travels through it slightly better or, or is less affected by imperfections, which is why when you look at glass through the thick side of things, it always looks green. Yeah. Mate, what are your qualifications? I used to sell glass. <laughs> <laughs> and there's actually, and I can't remember it, there's actually a museum somewhere that's got a massively thick pane of glass that's optically pure. Really? And you can look through it, yeah, and, it's quite, and I can't remember the name. It's, it's one of the manufacturers. Why, why don't you sell
1: glass anymore? Did the bottom fall out of the market?
8: <laughs> yeah, I got bored with it. No. But, uh, but yeah, no, that, that's so basically, that's the, the, he was technically right. I mean, you were just trying to. No, he wasn't. Sort of
1: tri- but he r- was, well, alright, well, okay, alright, yeah, I'll give you a round of applause. That's lovely. What do you sell now? What what business are you in now?
8: No, I'm not no, no, I'm um, I'm I'm your, your arch enemy now. I drive i I'm a private high driver, so it's not my
1: arch enemy. good luck to you, mate. it's was the workers I'm on the side of. It's, uh, don't, 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 the organisers are different. Barry's in Norwood. Question or answer, Barry?
8: Hello there, it's an answer. Carry, Carry on. on. Hi there. Um the jelly. Yeah. Jelly yeah. and toothpaste. Yeah.
5: Right. Yeah. Now um I believe it to be a non Newtonian liquid. I think you were right when you said it soon that, didn't you? I think you said that.
1: I thought that a liquid is, the definition of a liquid would be, would be its pourability, or some people have suggested it will, f- you put it in a container it will expand to fit in the container.
5: Yes, it's the viscosity of a liquid.
1: It's however, all about the viscosity, right. mate. All viscosity. about the viscosity. Yeah,
5: that's right. Yeah. However, viscosity can change under pressure, and that's a difference thing the pressure. So, for example, toothpaste, if you squeeze it, it comes out, same as ketchup and jelly. Yeah. Yes, they've got different molecular bonds to solids. Solids have got more stable molecular bonds. Right. So they sit still.
1: So a non-Newtonian liquid sits in between a liquid, liquid, and a solid, does it?
5: Exactly. It doesn't follow Newton's law
1: of, of porability. What are your yeah, qualifications? Yeah. Newton's law of porability? What are your qualifications, Barry?
5: None but an inquiring mind. That's, That's the, all the I have best
1: out. qualification yeah. of all, my friend. The best yeah. qualification of all. 1258, Neil's in Surbiton. Neil, question or answer?
5: I've got an
6: answer, James. I think you're you're right about the tennis question. It was fifteen, thirty, and forty-five originally as an o'clock. Yeah. But they found forty-five a bit too cumbersome, so I changed it to forty for some reasons. And, and then, well, I think it's because fifty
1: is juice. Well, well
6: love, love was left um, l- the egg. Yes. Um, but I I, I I only found this out from a old gentleman who came to see for treatment in my chiropractic clinic. And he played Fred Perry at Wimbledon before the war. Wow. And was giving me a lesson in the history of tennis.
1: Oh, well, I'll give you a round of applause for that. And for so confirming that I was right all along, which everyone listening knew. Jonathan's in Clackett Lane. Question or answer, Jonathan?
0: Yeah, uh, the answer, it's the tree in Tremaren when, Tremaren. Where have you been? I haven't spoken to you for ages. James, oh, I can't tell you that.
1: Oh. Yeah. Alright.
0: You know, I'm a member of the CMI, the Cornish Military Intelligence. Okay,
1: I, anyway, I, I apologise for bringing I'm that back. out into the air. Are you alright though? Have you been looking after yeah, yourself?
0: I'm extremely well, I'm extremely well, thank you very much. Because it's I would
1: have better said, better. you know, I would have said, where's Cornish Jonathan when you need him? But I didn't because I hadn't spoken yeah. to you for so long and now you're here. I
0: know, I've been here, but I've been there. I'm a driver actually, James, and I'm just so busy, which is good. The last couple yep. of years our company's been extremely I've missed big. you
1: though, I've missed you, man.
0: I uh, do you know what? I can even get you when I'm out. I can never be able to listen outside London, but now with the new LBC app... I just never, no, you can't uh,
1: get rid of me. We're all over the uh, you place. I
0: know. No, I can hear you from everywhere.
1: I'm late it's for just... Sheila's itching to get going. What, 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 why, why do so many Cornish towns begin with the letters T-R?
0: T- T-R-E, it's T-R-E, not T-R. Truro isn't the same, but T-R-E means farmer homestead. So Trinaren would, home uh, would be the homestead of the Treverban would be the homestead of farmer, the Verbans. So T-R-E means homestead of farm, but Truro's different. T R on its own doesn't have that meaning.
1: You, you're, I mean, that's it. That fellow, you heard the uh, question. It, he looked everywhere. He'd searched high and low. He couldn't find out, uh, and Minda, you've nailed it.
0: Mittenday is good day. So mm. Mittenday da to you. Mittenday mitt to yaku you. Yakstar, good help. Y-
1: yeah, Yakstar. Yeah. Yakstar.
0: Yakstar. Yakstar. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. so good help. But lovely to talk to you as usual, uh, mate. I
1: missed you, Jonathan. Great show. I've missed and you. I'm
0: here all the time. I love it. Oh, God
1: Thank bless you. you. God bless you, and all who's sailing you. Oh, he's back. Cornish Jonathan's back, and now Sheila Fogarty's I've here. Learned
3: something there.
1: So over I trees. was grand, wasn't it? It's like yeah. Bally in Northern Ireland. I was about and, to say that.
3: Yeah, hmm. like Ballycommon, BallyHayden, Bally whatever. Bally go backwards. Back about. Are we done?
9: Yeah. Thank you. Have Thank a
3: great.